So we are in our series in the Gospel of John. It's been an exciting series. I mean, we're tracking through this book chapter by chapter, and it seems like, well, why would we stay in John for so long? And yet, man, there's so much that happens in this powerful life story of of Jesus the Christ. And, and today we come to chapter 10. Seven times in the Gospel of John, Jesus makes these big I am statements. And we've looked at a couple of them so far. Back in chapter 6, we looked at Jesus when he said, I am the bread of life. Learning to just daily depend on Jesus as our very sustenance for life. Uh, And then in chapter 8, we saw that Jesus is the light of the world. He told the woman who had been caught in adultery, you don't have to walk in darkness anymore because you'll have the light of life. Jesus said, I'm the light of life. And today, as we step into chapter 10, and in fact, if you've got your Bibles or you want to pull it up on your smartphone, now's the time to do that. John chapter 10 is where we're going to be. And in John chapter 10, actually, Jesus makes two more of these great I am statements, and they're kind of interconnected. And so I want to start later in the passage with the first one. It's found in John chapter 10, verse 11, and these are Jesus' words. He said, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Now, the context of the passage, Jesus has just been talking about uh, shepherds and sheepfolds and uh, uh, hired hands, and, and he, he's, he's describing something that the people that day would have been very kind of comfortable with, accustomed to. Uh, livestock, sheep, sheep herding, it was, it was common in that day. And here Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. And it's true that while there were um, good shepherds, there were also some not so good shepherds, shepherds that didn't take good care of their sheep. Shepherds that neglected their sheep. Shepherds that were even abusive towards their sheep. And interestingly, in that day, uh, uh, many spiritual leaders and religious teachers, they were also referred to as shepherds. And so Jesus is coming out and saying, I am the good shepherd, which means that there's some, again, not so good shepherds. And and that's true. It was true then. There There were spiritual leaders that had led people astray. There were spiritual leaders that had taken advantage of their power. There were spiritual leaders that had uh, neglected the people or were harsh on the people, that didn't really care for the people. There were spiritual leaders that were just doing it for the prestige or the power or the money. And the sad thing is, the same thing is true today, isn't it? I mean, think about it. We're almost weekly barraged with some new news of some spiritual leader that has fallen and, and it's caused devastation to churches and, and sheep, God's people that have been wounded in the process, right? There's whole podcasts and, and specials on Dateline about churches and church leaders that have fallen and, and people have been damaged in the process. In fact, Probably some of you, in fact, it's, it's sad that as a pastor, sometimes I'm like hesitant to even tell people what I do because I'm fearful of what they've experienced under the leadership of some spiritual shepherd. And all of us are imperfect, and I know I've blown it, and I've hurt people along the way, I'm sure. But it's in this context that Jesus says, 
to them in that day, and he says to us here today in the midst of our messed up culture, even Christian culture, Jesus reminds us he is the good shepherd. If we're looking for someone to truly follow, if we're looking for someone that truly cares, it'll be found in Jesus, the good shepherd. That's why we say Jesus is really the lead pastor of the chapel. We're just under shepherds trying to follow him, trying to stay sensitive to him, trying to uh, reflect his kind of heart, his kind of truth, his kind of care. And in John chapter 10, Jesus is going to give us multiple reasons why he is the good shepherd. The, the whole story of the gospels gives us the why Jesus is the good shepherd. When Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, it wasn't just hollow words. It wasn't just a false promise only for people to be let down. Jesus was the real deal. And it leads us to a bottom line truth that I want to give us right now. And then I want us to look at the text in John chapter 10 to see the why, all right? Here's the bottom line truth for this weekend. I am safe and secure when I follow the good shepherd. Could you say that with me? I am safe and secure when I follow the good shepherd. The rest of chapter 10, from the beginning verse to the end, Jesus gives us multiple reasons why. And the first reason why I am safe and secure when I follow the good shepherd is because the good shepherd is willing to lay his life down for a sheep. That's what Jesus says in verse 11. He says, I'm the good shepherd, and the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. So many spiritual leaders, uh, they expect the sheep to sacrifice themselves for the sake of the shepherd or the leader. And, and with Jesus, it's completely flipped. Jesus, the leader, the one that deserves all the credit and all the praise and all the honor and all the glory, Jesus, the good shepherd, what makes him good is that he's willing to lay his life down for the sheep, to sacrifice. That word sacrifice uh, means to put or to place or, or to lay or to lay down, which is interesting because some versions of your Bible here says, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That leads us to another interesting I am statement. Jesus made it earlier uh, in, in the chapter. Before we get to him saying, I am the good shepherd, he also said, I am the gate for the sheep or the doorway for the sheep, which says that Jesus is the entry point to the Father in heaven. And Jesus is the entry point, the gate or the door to everything that our lives have ever really, really deeply longed for. And it's interesting when, when you think about the, this, this phrase, uh, because in, in that day and age, they say that uh, some really good, caring shepherds, when, when they would be out amongst uh, the wolves traveling, and, and they would have a makeshift kind of uh, sheepfold, and they might gate it around, and, and a good shepherd, I'm told, that was was one that would, instead of there being a doorway into the sheepfold, the, the shepherd himself would literally lay down in the open space of the sheepfold, and the shepherd himself would become the doorway, the gate. He would sleep there at night in order to make sure that the sheep 
didn't leave the sheepfold. He would sleep there at night to make sure that if a predator was trying to come in, they would have to pass through the shepherd first. And so Jesus says, not only am I the good shepherd, I'm the gate. I'm the, I'm the shepherd that lays down his life for the sheep. And we know the rest of Jesus' life as recorded in the Gospels. This is, these weren't just empty words that Jesus was saying. Jesus would go on to literally lay down his life, to give his life away for the sake of the sheep. For the sheep to be able to be forgiven, for the sheep to be able to have hope, for the sheep to be able to experience real life. The reason that we can be safe and secure when we follow the good shepherd is because he's willing to sacrifice his life. But there's another reason, and it has to do with this sacrifice that he talks about. We can be safe and secure when we follow the good shepherd because he doesn't run from danger. I love this about Jesus. Sometimes we think of Jesus as this, as this tender, kind, and he is tender, and he is kind. But let me tell you, the, the Jesus, the Savior that we worship today, he's tough. He's strong. He's unafraid. He's courageous. And here in the text, Jesus, he's describing um, hired hands, People that were taking care of sheep, but that they didn't really, really care for the sheep. He says a hired hand, a hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He says he will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him. And he isn't their shepherd, their, their real shepherd. <laughs> and so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. But Jesus, the good shepherd, isn't afraid of danger. When the wolf comes, uh, Jesus doesn't abandon his sheep. In fact, he stands as the, the, the door in between the sheep and the wolf. Jesus is our protector. He's courageous. He doesn't run from danger. This is another thing that makes him the good shepherd. A bad shepherd, a not-so-good shepherd, will just abandon the sheep. It makes me think about what David wrote in Psalm 23. You know, this infamous psalm that we, that we hear so many times at funerals or at a graveside service, you know, and David says, the Lord is my shepherd, right? It's the very first verse of Psalm 23. And David knew all about shepherds because he was a shepherd. And later in verses 4 and 5, David says these words, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. David was saying that when I'm in the midst of the shadow of death, living in danger, maybe even the danger of losing my life, I don't have to fear. Why? Because the good shepherd hasn't abandoned me. He's with me, even in the valley of the shadow of death. He goes on, he says, your rod and your staff, they, they comfort me. And then he takes it a step further. He says, and you, God, the good shepherd, Jesus, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I think we've talked about this here before. It's such a powerful picture to me that in the midst of David running for his life in the shadow of death with enemies all around, it's like the good shepherd says, hey, I got you covered. In the midst of danger, sit down and have dinner on me. He prepares a table before us. Our good shepherd doesn't run from danger. So if you feel in danger, if you're in a dangerous predicament, if you're in a 
dangerous situation with your health, with your finance, with your family. Jesus is not afraid. And he's not going to run out on you. I'm safe and secure when I follow the good shepherd. Because he'll sacrifice his life for me, because he won't run from danger, but also because his motivation is love. Again, Jesus is comparing himself to the hired hands of the day and these false shepherds. He says the hired hand runs away. Why? Because he's only working for the money and he doesn't really care about the sheep. You see, for Jesus, uh, his reward is not what he gets. It's, it's the sheep themselves. You are his reward. You are what Jesus loves the most. He's not leading us or watching over us or shepherding our lives because he's going to get something from it because of a paycheck he's going to earn. He shepherds our lives because his motivation is love. He really cares. Charles Haddon Spurgeon says, in the Latin tongue, the word, this is interesting, for money is akin to the word sheep. Because to many of the first Romans, wool, he says, was their wealth. And their fortunes lay in their flocks. And he goes on to say, the Lord Jesus our shepherd is our shepherd and we are his wealth. It's why our number two value here at the chapel is we love people. We value people. Why? Because Jesus values people. Jesus values you. Jesus' motivation for being the good shepherd in your life and my life is completely and simply because he loves you. His motivation is love. I love, this is probably my favorite verse in the whole passage, maybe in the whole Bible, John 10.10. Again, he's drawing this contrast because he's been talking about thieves like getting in and misleading and mistreating the sheep. He says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus says these words, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life an abundant life, a fulfilling life, an eternal life. Jesus is the good shepherd because he's motivated by love, and these are the places that he wants to lead us, right? I love what Isaiah 40 verse 11 says, an Old Testament prophecy. It says, he, speaking of God, will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. His motivation is love. And because of that, I am safe and secure when I follow the good shepherd. You are safe and secure when you follow the good shepherd because his motivation is love, but also because he really knows me. This is the part that blows my mind in the passage. Look at Jesus' words. He says, I'm the good shepherd and I know my sheep and they know me. Just as my Father knows me, and I know the Father. And then Jesus says again what he said in the first reason for why he's the good shepherd. He says, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. 
Isn't this amazing that Jesus says, I'm going to sacrifice my life for the sheep, which he eventually does go and do when he dies upon the cross and then rises from the grave so that we can all experience forgiveness and real hope and real life. And Jesus says, I'll sacrifice for the sh- my life for the sheep that I really know. The word know here is, is, a, is an intimate knowledge. This is not just like, oh, I know him by name or I know him by acquaintance. This is like, and, and Joseph knew Mary and they had a baby. <laughs> like, I mean, Jesus knows you. He knows me. He knows the good. He knows the bad. He knows the righteous. He knows the the unrighteous parts. He knows the, the beautiful parts. He knows the ugly parts of his sheep. And yet, he says, I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I'm safe and secure. You're safe and secure when you follow the good shepherd because he really knows you. And he loves you. And he even likes you. I love what John 10 verse 3 says earlier in the passage. Jesus says these words. He calls his own sheep by name. And he leads them out. He knows your name. And he cares. He's motivated by love. He's willing to sacrifice his life. He will not run from danger. These are all the things that make Jesus the good shepherd, right? I love what Marcus Dodd says. He says, there is a mutually reciprocal knowledge between Jesus and his sheep. And the existence of this knowledge is the proof that he is the shepherd, See, Jesus knows us, and the question is, do we know Jesus? In a few minutes, we'll talk about, uh, you know, the good shepherd, but let's also think about what does it mean to be a good sheep? It says that Jesus really knows us, but how much do I know him? The more that I get to know him, the more I'm going to realize that he really is the good shepherd. It's it's what's going to keep me trusting him when life isn't good, but I know that I'm safe and secure when I follow the shepherd because he is good. That leads us to one last reason why I think we can trust and follow the good shepherd. It's because he is in charge. I'm safe and secure when I follow the good shepherd because he is in charge. Look at John chapter 10, verse 17 and following. It says, the father loves me, this is Jesus speaking, because I sacrificed my life so that I may take it back again. He says, no one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily, for I have the authority, he says, to lay it down when I want to, and also to take it up again. For this is what my Father has commanded. I love this about Jesus. You know, Jesus went on to to give his life away, and that's the key. He gave his life away. He willingly, willingly, laid down his life, sacrificed his life for the sake of the sheep. Nobody forced him to do it. When the, when the, when the Roman soldiers arrested him, trust me, he could have got away. When Jesus hung on the cross, it says he could have called thousands of 
angels and they would have rescued him and he resisted it. Why? Because he was willing. Because he was in charge. No one else was taking charge of Jesus. And the same is true today in the here and now. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter what's going on in my life, when it seems like life is out of control, the good shepherd is still in control. He's the good shepherd. And sometimes he, on the way to the green pastures and the still waters, he may lead you through the valley of the shadow of death. But he is the good shepherd. And in him we are safe and secure because he is in charge. In verse 28, Jesus says these powerful words. He says, I give them eternal life, my sheep. He says, and they will never perish. He says, no one can snatch them away from me. For my Father has given them to me, and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hands. It's this powerful picture. Jesus, the good shepherd, says, let me tell you something about my sheep. They're in my hands. My strong, rugged, protective hands. And I am in my Father's hands. It's why you and I, no matter what happens in life or even in death, we can be safe and secure when we follow the Good Shepherd. I think it's why David had, you know, at the end of his psalm that he begins saying, the Lord is my shepherd. It's why at the very end he says, and so I can confidently say, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And then even when life is over, David could say, I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Why? Because <laughs> I'm safe and secure when I follow the good shepherd. Now, there's something that we need to really grab a hold of because <laughs> it's when I follow the good shepherd. You know, sheep don't always follow the shepherd. <laughs> I haven't always followed the shepherd. There is a part that, that we play in this whole equation. If we want to know that we're safe, if we want to know that we're secure, we have to be following the good shepherd because he's the one that's leading us in the way that we're to go. In verse 4 and 5, John, Jesus says, after he, after he gathers his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. A good shepherd learns, a good sheep learns the shepherd's voice, and, and a good sheep follows. We've got to follow his lead if we want to be safe and secure. The Enduring Word commentary says, in the, in the common sheepfolds of ancient times, the shepherds merely gave his distinctive call. And the sheep came out from the others, following him out of the sheepfold. They write, sheep are experts at discerning their shepherd's voice. And yet Jesus said, many people, many sheep, they, they won't follow a stranger's voice. And yet, and sometimes I wonder 
have we been following a stranger's voice? Maybe it's not even a stranger anymore because we've listened so much to other voices in our life, in our world, in our culture, and we've lost touch with the shepherd's voice. And we won't be able to follow the good shepherd if we can't discern his voice. So I want to leave us with two next step questions. Number one, can I truly say the Lord is my shepherd? Have you begun a personal relationship with Jesus, the good shepherd? And if you haven't, if you know that deep down, just get honest with yourself. This is not playing church. This is, this is everything. This is about life here and now. This is about eternity. If you want to know that you're safe and secure, you've got to be able to say, the Lord is truly my shepherd. And then the second question is, is for all of us here in the room. And that is, what has the good shepherd been saying to you, to me, that we need to listen and follow? What have I been putting off that I know God's pushing me towards? What is God telling me to stay away from that I keep toying around with? The good shepherd, he wants to lead us. He wants us to be safe and secure. But that happens when we follow. And the amazing thing is even when we've blown it, when we've run off, when we've wandered off, is that we can always turn back. 1 Peter 2, 25 says, Once, once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned or returned to the shepherd and the guardian of your soul. I am, you will be safe and secure when you follow the good shepherd. He will hold you fast. Let's sing to him together.